missed that uh, that introduction music from ESPN. Welcome back to McKenna's NHL Podcast. I'm your lead NHL writer and host, Kyle McKenna. And today we're going to dive into a few different things with the season officially coming to an end last week. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins are your 2016 Stanley Cup champions. Already we're having some off-season transactions with some trades. Um, so we'll get into that. I'll give you some insight there. Uh, a few moves happening today. And also, we're going to get into the World Cup of Hockey, uh, which takes place in Toronto in late August into September. There's eight teams, two pools, and we've also organized a call here with the notorious John from Naples. So we have him on the line right now, and we'll see what he would like to discuss about the World Cup. John from Naples, you're back on McKenna's NHL podcast. Happy to have you here today. What's going on? Hey, Kyle. How's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no problem. Happy to organize this. But uh, before we start, I had a John from Naples follow me on Twitter. Uh, can I verify that that is the John from Naples? Yes, Kyle. New to the Twitter universe, John from Naples. That is me, confirmed. Okay, cool. Um, all right, what are we getting into today? I uh, just wanted to, you know, now, now that the playoffs have finally settled down, talk a little bit about the World Cup. Uh, at first, I was very excited for it until I found out that you know, Bettman introduced an under-23 North America and uh, Team Europe. And don't get me wrong, I will still watch every single game, but I just don't think I'll have that gut-wrenching feeling of playoff hockey in my stomach when Team USA is out there. Um, just want to get your thoughts on how you feel about the under-23 teams. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point. When this was first announced, I think the big rag on it all was that it wasn't you know, this is a, supposed to be a World Cup, right? So it's supposed to have that Olympics feel, that World Championships feel, and having an under-23 team from North America and compiling together a Team Europe team from various countries kind of went against that. And, I, I, you know, I see that point, and I kind of had this, the same mindset at first. But now the way I look at it is, if you look at the four major uh, professional sports in North America, none of them are able to do something like this with a World Cup and at this magnitude. And I, I actually, I'm I'm now all for you know what the league has done uh, with this under 23 team and with Team Europe um, and the fact that they're able to put this on display. It's I mean the 2004 World Cup was awesome. You know it's it's a shame it's been so long. But just going back to my point, where I mean, if you look at baseball, I think they try to do something like this. It's like the World Classic. But I mean, let, let's be real. I'm I'm sure the Carolina Hurricanes, Edmonton Oilers, Stanley Cup Finals got better TV ratings than that ever will. Um, football can't do this. Basketball, uh, they don't have a World Cup, right? And the, you know they have the Olympics, but Team USA should win that every year. No, I don't. I don't think anyone cares about that. So I think this is very unique in itself in what it offers to you know North America and the rest of the, the globe um, for the magnitude and the stage that it presents itself. And you know I I hear you, John, on the fact that the two pools are Group A is Team Canada, Team USA, Team Europe, and Czech Republic. B is uh, Sweden, Finland, Russia and North America, so the under-23 under team. So you could have Canada or Team USA playing this under-23 team in the championship, and, you know, I guess it wouldn't be as sweet is what you're saying? Yeah, I guess I understand the points that you said. It's great exposure for some young players that would not normally be in a tournament like this, but from a selfish hockey fan, 
seeing the USA win a gold medal in the Olympics is really the only thing left on my bucket list. I saw them win the World Cup in 96. I've witnessed the Devils win a championship live in a Game 7 in 2003. You know, USA gold medal is the last thing. And to me, this just does not hold the same weight anymore because Bettman introduced these under-23 teams. Yeah, no, and I hear it. It's just like that feeling won't be as rewarding. It's not going to be Team USA taking down Team Canada like everyone would want to see. So if, for example, Team USA does play Canada in the semifinals, you know, it's almost like if you're Team USA or Canada, is that your championship? Kind of maybe similar to the 1980 Olympics when USA beat Russia. Everyone forgets that wasn't the gold medal game. Remember that? And they had to go on and play another game, and no one, no one remembers that game. So maybe you will see something like that happen if a Canada or Team USA going to play the under-23 team. But what I can say out of the defense for the NHL is that these guys on the, the under-23 roster or even for the Team Europe roster, you know, some of these guys, we wouldn't even be able to see them on display if it weren't for these teams because the competitive level of this tournament is really just that high. I mean, when you think about it, Phil Kessel isn't playing for Team USA. P.K. Subban isn't playing for Team Canada. So I don't think a guy like Jack Eichel or Connor McDavid, who we're going to be able to see play together on the same team, would even be considered, you know, playing for their respective countries. So I kind of, I do like that aspect and it grew on me over time. I was right with you though, from the start, I was like, eh, I don't like really where they're going with this, but I don't know. I guess I've, I've gained a different perspective. Yeah. And, and I agree. Uh, we would not see guys like Hellebuck, Johnny Goudreau, McKinnon, Monaghan, possibly adding Austin Matthews. You know, it's going to be really, really good for hockey. And my main thing was just from a selfish fan standpoint. But, you know, Gibson, Murray, and Hellebuck in goal, I think that's going to be phenomenal to watch. See who gets the playing time. Yeah, I mean, can you just imagine Team USA going up against this under-23 team, which consists of guys from North America, as I mentioned before. Um, You know, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel playing on the same team. So, you'll kind of be torn in a way where it's like some of these guys, you know, USA fans will be cheering on these younger American players or Team Canada, and even when they play against each other. So I think that kind of adds in a new wrinkle too, where and until they play and until we get deep into this tournament, I mean, the reality is none of us are going to know if this is going to work or if it's going to be a bad thing for the sport. I think it's going to be a good thing for the sport. We'll find out. If you look up and down this U23 roster, you have guys like Aaron Eckblad, John Gibson, and you know, in between the pipes, Seth Jones, Ryan Murray, Sean Couturier, Morgan Riley. You mentioned Johnny Goudreau, Dylan Larkin, McDavid, Brandon Saad. Um, so up and down this lineup, you know, it's an it's an exciting and it's a fast team, and we'll see how they mesh together. You know, when you when you think about it, this is a bit of a young stars team, yes. And these teams don't always necessarily work out the way people think they are, but sometimes they do. Are there maybe too many young personalities, you know, young big egos on this team? We're going to find out. And are they going to be able to compete with a team like USA who is built a little differently? Um, Sure, yeah, USA has its skill, but they added in some, uh, you know, some other players into the mix. We're you know, going to play a little more physical, a guy like Dustin Bufflin, uh, applicator from De- the Detroit Red Wings. I think everyone's expecting the U23 team to be good and to make a serious run in this. Um, I wouldn't overlook the pool they're in with Sweden and Finland. You know, Sweden and Finland, they always get overlooked, I think. I, I mean, I know I even 
kind of opened up this podcast with the main focus basically on USA and Canada aside from the U23 team. But Finland and, and Sweden always seem to get forgotten, and they're both somehow, they're in the medal games, you know, whether it's the championships or the Olympics. Finland and Sweden always find a way. They're always well coached. Um, even if they don't have the most talented team, they're still in it. So I wouldn't overlook those teams, and I wouldn't be surprised maybe if this U23 team doesn't really mesh well. And I think maybe this Team Europe um, could end up being, you know, better and a bit of a bit of a surprise team. They got winners on that team. They've got Anze Kopitar, Marian Hossa, Zdeno Char. Say what you want about Char, but put him on a, a different roster and surround and have him surrounded by, you know, all-star caliber players, that impacts his game, and his game will be better than maybe it has been in the, in the last year or two. Um, Thomas Totar, Thomas Vanek, Franz Nielsen, Mark Strait, um, you got Yaroslav Halak and Freddie Anderson in between the pipes. Um, you know, hey, look, two good goalies. We'll see if Halak is, is going to be still on the roster um, with his injury. I would expect that to probably change. But, you know, I, I wouldn't overlook this team, you know, Team Europe either. And then the Czech Republics uh, and then Team Czech Republic. Uh, I know the Czechs have struggled, you know, somewhat recently in the past in, um, you know, world games, whether it's the Olympics or not. But, yeah, this year might be a little different. Uh, Peter Morazic and Michael Nerverth, other goalies. Now they've got a, a you know, more mature Jakub Voracek. Um, they've got the veterans like Thomas Blakanik. Um, David Krejci, Andre Palat from the Lightning. So these guys might be able to make some noise too. Um, so it's it just interesting. And as, as time goes on, we'll be able to get more into the World Cup of Hockey. And, you know, hey, look, like I said, I'm excited about it. I know some people may not be too hot on it, but I think you kind of take it for what it is. And from a marketing standpoint, I think the NHL is doing the right thing. And like I said, this is unique. No other major professional sport has this in North America. So now I'll, I'll take to Twitter, uh, McKenna's Digest. And if you follow me on Twitter, at McKenna underscore TLT5. And tweet me your NHL-related question using the hashtag McKenna's Digest. Uh, I'll be sure to answer your question over McKenna's NHL podcast. And our question today is from Pat Layton. Which team do you expect to make uh, the most roster moves during the offseason? Uh, well, it's interesting, you know, I think most of us knew heading into draft day this weekend that there would be a lot of trades. Um, it's just how the market is this off season, And now with, you know, the NHL going to expand, there's going to be an expansion draft. So that's going to impact general managers and they're going to have to move bodies around. In regards to which team do I see, do I expect to make the most roster moves? Look, Boston, the Bruins were busy last off season. I think they're going to have to do, you know, they're going to have to be busy again this this off season if you know they want to get back um, not only to the playoffs but to but to set themselves, you know, going forward in in more years to come. I think the Rangers are going to be busy. You know, they just they have cap problems. They really need to figure out a way to maybe get rid of some of these contracts, and then they could probably get rid of some of those contracts with the expansion draft coming up. So that will be interesting. Does Rick Nash get traded? You know, do they try to sell house and sign Steven Stamkos? As crazy as that sounds, it's, it's still out there and could be somewhat realistic. You know, some teams need a goalie. The Penguins have one that 
they're probably going to give up in Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, the Calgary Flames were apparently interested in, in Marc-Andre Fleury and also uh, Frederick Anderson from the Anaheim Ducks. And if you didn't hear, Frederick Anderson got traded today to the Toronto Maple Leafs for the 30th pick in this year's draft and a second rounder next year. Um, so I think it's a great move by Lou Lamarillo. The Maple Leafs, will they still be active in the draft? You know, will they still be active making trades um, as this offseason goes on? Maybe. But, you know, just similar moves with, with draft picks, um, considering they have the first pick in the draft this year. So they'll be able to part ways with, you know, some later rounds and, and future picks. Um, you would imagine the Edmonton Oilers are going to be busy. They're going to have to be. Now that the Connor McDavid era is in full swing of things, you can move a guy like Ryan Nugent, Nugent Hopkins and gain some other, you know, necessary players to help establish a winning team in Edmonton and be, you know, a much deeper team and be, try to become a playoff team. The Florida Panthers were a little busy today. Uh, they obtained the rights from uh, the New York Rangers for Keith Yandel. I think that would be a great fit uh, for the Panthers. Um, I don't think Keith Yandel got enough credit down the stretch with the Rangers. You know, he kind of got a bad rep, unfortunately. I thought he played really well, considering they also struggled some injuries there in the blue line. So he was asked to eat up more minutes and, you know, play more, maybe more of a defensive game than we were used to seeing Keith Yandel play down the stretch. So if he didn't sign with Florida, it would be interesting to see where, you know, what team's willing to, to throw money his way. And would it be that crazy to think maybe he goes back to Arizona? I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see. So I think, that, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of teams making trades. Um, and all those teams I mentioned, they're going to be busy. You can maybe even see what, um, you know, what are the Islanders, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Montreal Canadiens, what are these guys going to do um, to get back to where they want to be? And for the, the Canadians and the Islanders, you know, it's a little different than the Lightning who are a step or two ahead and and being a legitimate playoff contender. You know, if the if the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't able to sign Steven Stamkos, then they have to shuffle some things around, I'm sure. I'm kind of expecting Ben Bishop to get traded. I think they should trade him. It will, you know, relieve some cap room for them to have a better chance at signing Stamkos and giving him the necessary money to make him want to stay in Tampa Bay um, and for a longer, longer extended period of time. So it should be interesting. I'm definitely, I'm looking forward to draft day. As, as always, not just for the draft picks, but for the trades. I think we're going to see some blockbuster trades. Next question from uh, Farmer John 22 The passing of Mr. Hockey, would you support replacing the cover vote for NHL 17 with Gordie Howe? Absolutely. I think this would be a change of pace and uh, would be a good PR move by EA Sports and the NHL to have Gordie Howe on the cover of NHL 17. Um, we've seen, I think, some other video games do that in the past with, with past athletes or you know, coaches, whatever it may be, um, you know, year after year, we, we, we do this cover vote and someone gets on the cover, one of our favorite players. I'm sure if it was supposed to be Joe Pavelski or Tarasenko from the St. Louis Blues this year, look, I'm sure they'll be in it right next year and they can get it next year. I think you do. I think it'd be, you know, rightfully so to put Gordie Howe on the cover. And just a couple other, you know, one other notable trade was the Sabres acquired uh, Jimmy VC's rights from the Nashville Predators. If you didn't know, this kid was uh, the captain of Harvard, and he was drafted by the Predators, but he, you know, was refusing to sign with Nashville. He wanted to wait until possibly August fifteenth, um, where he could be, a, you know, a free agent. But the Sabers, you know, obtained his rights for a third round pick, and they'll try to, to sign him. I mean, Buffalo, you know, th- that's an interesting story, and you know, uh, 
a story for another time, but the Sabres have done a lot and a lot of good moves over these past few seasons um, to put themselves in a really good position to be a, you know, qu- quite a hockey team for probably this season and in future years. And I'm not just talking about, you know, Jack Eichel, you know, we got to remember head coach Dan Bilesma joining the group, um, Ryan O'Reilly, et cetera. They, they went out, they traded, they moved around a lot of bodies, got a lot of picks. And even if, they, you know, they didn't use those picks for themselves drafting wise, they utilized them and, you know, went out and got other players um, through trades. So I'm, I'm always very impressed with what the Buffalo Sabres have been able to do here uh, over the last few years. Great hockey city. So I think it'd be great for the game to, to see them back in the Stanley Cup playoff. And I'd like to thank John from Naples for organizing the, the phone call earlier. And we got to discuss the World Cup of Hockey. And like I said, we'll be getting more into the World Cup and different topics and predictions. And I'm sure there's going to be some roster changes. Um, but we have plenty of time for that. That doesn't start until late August. And then we have the NHL draft on June 24th in Buffalo. So like I said, expect a lot of trades, some blockbusters. We'll have to wait and see what happens, and I'm looking forward to uh, you know doing a podcast on everything that happens this weekend uh, with the draft in Buffalo, etc. Thank you also to the Twitter questions from Pat and at FarmerJohn22. Um, if you'd like to have your question answered over this podcast, you can tweet at kmckenna underscore tlt5, and just be sure to use the hashtag McKenna's Digest, and I'll be sure to answer. And if you'd like, you can find more of my work at hookedonhockeymagazine.com. Or like my Facebook page, just search Kyle McKenna NHL. And also, McKenna's NHL podcast is now available on iTunes. It's free, so subscribe, even if you're a hockey fan or not. So thank you again, guys, and I look forward to next time.